Friday, September 27th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 4 Fan Duel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool on DraftSharks.com right now. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On DraftSharks.com, you can also read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend, covering your cash and your GPP tournaments. I'll throw down some some showdown info for the Sunday and Monday night games. We'll see if it helps anything. Um, You will also find our next set of lineups for the Shark Duel, though, where I rebounded for a week three victory over Jared, basically because you were nice enough to play the Cardinals defense. I was going to say, I was looking at these results. I mean, first of all, it was a pretty ugly, you know, low scoring defensive battle here. But yeah, I mean, this is one time where I guess paying down for defense cost me. The Cardinals giving me a big goose egg and you got 14 points out of the Pats. Yeah, I was surprised that you went that far down. I won by like two point something points. And so that was clearly the difference. Yep. Like I said, I got 14 from the Patriots. Otherwise, a pretty nondescript lineups, I think. I, I don't regret any of my plays. Kenny Galladay, Chris Carson threw up duds for me, but I still think that the spots they were in were fine. Dalvin Cook was top scorer against Oakland. Yeah, I mean, I, I spent up for Zeke and Austin Eckler. And, you know, despite both their offenses doing well, both of them doing well, they, they combined for zero touchdowns. And that, that's just a bit unlucky, I think. Yeah, I mean, if Zeke had gotten the rushing touchdown instead of Tony Pollard, then you would have beaten him. <laughs> yep. So we'll both be back at it for week four. You'll be able to see who we are playing against each other come Saturday morning in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, I'm going to go ahead and take my victory as an opportunity to present the first cash quarterback here. And I'm liking Russell Wilson or Matthew Stafford, depending on what I want to do money-wise Russell Wilson, I don't think you even really have to make the case for. He's at 7,800, so he's not super expensive among FanDuel quarterbacks. And I was playing around with building lineups, and it's just really not hard to make a lineup that I like with a quarterback at that level. For Stafford, 6,900, you know, if there are higher-priced guys that I'm trying to fit in, I still think that he's fine. I liked Stafford last week heading into Philly. Game flow didn't really go as expected, certainly not as Vegas expected. And, I mean, it went even more positively for Detroit than I expected, thinking that the the Vegas line was wrong. They played ahead for most of the game, starting with that kickoff return for a touchdown. He was less successful passing than usual uh, and still probably could have easily added a second passing touchdown. He had multiple end zone looks that that fell incomplete. I think we'll get 40-plus pass attempts from Matthew Stafford this week. I think the Chiefs' defense is soft, so I think Stafford's a, a decent play. Yep, I'm right with you here. These are the two guys I'm looking at. And and for me, it, it's probably going to be Russell Wilson and Cash. I mean, unless I really need that $900 savings. But uh, Russ comes in as the top dollars per point value based on our projections. He's playing awesome so far this year. We know this Cardinals' pass defense is bad. We've talked about the elevated pace. So you know, the, the only concern with Wilson is like if the Seahawks get out to a 14 nothing lead with two Chris Carson touchdowns and then they just go run heavy which I still think is what they want to do but I think the Cardinals offense will do enough in this game to keep Russell Wilson throwing yeah and I mean even so Russell Wilson threw 20 passes in week one still threw for two touchdowns still put up about 18 fantasy points depending on the format so I mean 
it's a mild concern at most. I think Jared Goff is also in play at 7,700. I'm going to have a tough time playing him when Russell Wilson's just 100 more, but you know, certainly in a good spot as well. And that that Tampa defense has been better against the run than the pass so far. Right. I'm considering Goff for tournaments. My concern is just that we haven't seen a ceiling game from him really in a while. I mean, you know, he struggled in the second half of last season and you know, he was okay in his first home game of the season, but it, you know, it still wasn't a huge game. So He's definitely in the mix for me, but uh, Matt Stafford is my favorite tournament play at that price tag. Doesn't look like he's going to be too highly owned. You talked about the volume being down those first, or sorry, uh, weeks two and three. Week one, you know, he he was in that higher scoring game against the Cardinals, put up 27.6 FanDuel points. Um, I think, you know, he's capable of that type of game on Sunday. Yeah, and I think he has the receivers to help him score more points, assuming they have to keep trying to try to keep up with the Chiefs this week. On the tourney side, I want to get some Lamar Jackson at 8300 bucks. I mean, a kind of a disappointing week for him last week after two big ones, and he still had the rushing points to give him a good week. This week he's back home against the Browns, who should they look like they're probably going to miss three quarters of their starting secondary once again. Again, I was I was playing around with lineups, and it's just not hard to build a lineup around even an $8,300 quarterback on FanDuel this week. And it helps him that... The stack with him is is pretty easily Marquise Brown this week at 5700 bucks. I mean, Mark Andrews, limited with the foot. It seems like he'll play, but it, Jamison Hensley says he'll be less than 100%. So I'm going to stack him with Marquise Brown, who's been a high-target guy for them, was a high-target guy even last week when he only caught two passes, has the big play upside, especially against that secondary. And it's not hard to put plenty of other players that I like who have nice floors around them. Yeah, I love Marquise Brown in DFS this week, you know, tournaments especially. And, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about him later, but um, you know, he, he's just way underpriced on FanDuel here. So that helps you get that higher priced quarterback in Lamar Jackson in your lineup. So you want to start us off at running back with a cash dude? Yeah, um, on FanDuel, I like Marlon Mack for cash at 7300 bucks. You know, with the half point PPR here, his smaller passing game role doesn't hurt as much. Although Mack has caught two balls on three targets in each of the last two games now. So, you know, he's not a zero in the passing game, but we're really playing him for his rushing upside. Mac already leads the league with 61 carries through three weeks. And really, you know, he, he he's a good bet for another 20 carries this Sunday at home against the Raiders. The Colts are seven point home favorites. They should be playing with the lead and they should be able to feed Mac as much as they can, which is, you know, how that team wants to play offense. Yeah, and it's possible he even has receiving upside beyond that. I mean, three targets doesn't sound like much last week, but T.Y. Hilton was the only Colt that saw more than four targets in that game. So we might even see a few more if Hilton's out. Yeah, Mac too is off the injury report this week. You know, he was dealing with the calf last week, but it looks like that's behind him. And it sure didn't seem to bother him too much in the game, especially that, that right. touchdown run around right end where he just beat everybody to the corner. Yep, has looked good so far. On the cash side, I'll play David Johnson at 6800 bucks. He's tied for just 10th in running back price on the FanDuel main slate. He's had a touchdown in every game so far, despite the offense ranking just 18th overall in scoring, 26th in total yards. The two healthy games for David Johnson so far, we've had 25 and 20 total opportunities. Seattle enters this game 6th in run defense efficiency, according to Football Outsiders, but it's a middling defense overall, so I'm not too concerned about that, especially because what David Johnson's given us so far is touch volume and Mm -hmm. scoring potential rather than rushing efficiency. I don't care if he runs for 
60 yards as long as he catches six passes in this game. Yeah, we're agreeing way too much here this week. Um, I have I have David Johnson as my tournament play because I, I agree that he's in play for cash, but Fanshare hasn't projected just 7% ownership on FanDuel, so I'm going to be playing him in tournaments too. Um, you, know, you talked about the volume, 25 opportunities for David Johnson in week one, 20 opportunities in week three. And yeah, Seattle's been pretty good against the run, but they, they're 26th in Football Outsiders running back coverage rankings, and they just gave up that big game to Alvin Kamara in the passing game, nine catches, 92 yards, and a score for Kamara in that one. So you know, I could see... David David Johnson putting up a similar receiving line this week. Yeah, I definitely think he's playable in tournament as well. And I I mean, I think that the fact that the Cardinals didn't pay off for people who were going after them last week is going to help their ownership rates across positions this week. Uh, It's it's tough for me to like Kyler Murray because he's so close in price to Russell Wilson. And I, I don't care if like... Russell Wilson's 20% owned and Kyler Murray is 2% owned. I I, I don't think I'm going to be able to bring myself to pay that much for Kyler Murray when I could just take a small step and get to Russell Wilson. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. Especially when I can get the Kyler Murray stuff by playing either of his receivers, Christian Kirk or Larry Fitzgerald 5,900. I think they both are on FanDuel. Yep, definitely. Uh, on the tourney side, running back for me, I, I mean, Johnson's certainly in play. There are really lots of other guys to mess around with in the 6,000 to 7,000 range. Carryon Johnson, 6,500. Leonard Fournette, 6,400. Josh Jacobs even down at 6,000. Yeah. If that game remains closer than we expect. And then up at the top of that range, we got Chris Carson at 7,000. Derrick Henry at 7,000. Neither of those guys is somebody that's going to excite you this week, but each is somebody who could score twice for his team and could be the focal point of the offense heading into the game. Yeah, Jacobs is the guy I'm intrigued by, especially on FanDuel. I feel like he's just way underpriced, even though the passing game role has been disappointing. John Gruden said at least once this week that that he wants to get Jacobs more involved in the passing game. And I mean, we'll see, but it makes sense because he was a good pass catcher at Alabama. You know, that, that was maybe the biggest asset coming into the league for Josh Jacobs was the pass catching ability. So it makes sense. Um, and it's a good matchup on the ground, too, for Jacobs against the Colts, who it looks like they're going to be without Darius Leonard again this week, right? Yeah, it certainly looks so. I mean, wasn't uh, Josh Jacobs behind Damian Harris in rushing, but ahead of him in receiving this past year? Like this past year, last year at Alabama? Yeah, that sounds right. I, mean, I just remember just watching some of his tape. I mean, he he made a few like nice catches downfield that just sort of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there, there's just a lot to mess around with. I don't, I don't know that... One or two guys jumps out as a huge favorite to me. Uh, Rex Burke had a 5,600. I feel compelled to mention because this game in Buffalo should be a Sony Michelle game, but I don't think Sony Michelle made it into the 2019 season. So I, I think that it's it's likely that New England is also watching how its running backs are performing and that Rex Burkhead is the primary beneficiary of a matchup that favors using the running backs over going to the wide receivers too much there. Yeah, now, now watch Michelle go out and score three touchdowns in <laughs> <Right>. Buffalo. <Yeah. laughs> on to wide receiver. On the cash side, it's tough for me to see past Sammy Watkins and Tyler Lockett as the first. Mm-hmm. I mean, it helps that they're at the top of the dollars per point rankings. But I think both of these guys belong in $7,000 salary range on FanDuel. They're both heavy on targets for their team. They've both been productive so far. They're both in good offenses. Tyler Lockett has now seen about 27% of Seahawks targets on the season. Of course, he started with that two-target game that frustrated all of us. He's been over 30% the past two weeks. So even if Seattle throws the ball a bit less, I don't think we have to worry about Lockett's share. And then Watkins, he enters week four tied for third among all wideouts and targets. He's been quiet the past two weeks, but his air yards per target have actually picked up by a yard 
each of the past two games versus what he did in that huge week one against Jacksonville. So, I mean, Sammy Watkins is going to have another huge game at some point. Now he faces a D- the Detroit defense that has allowed a wideout to hit 12-plus targets and 8-plus catches every single week so far. Darius Slay, their top corner, is limited with a hamstring injury. Yeah, I feel like I'm pretty much pot committed with Watkins now, so I just have to keep playing him. But um, you know, he, he's seen 21 targets over the past two weeks, so, you know, not even including that big week one. That, that's the same amount of targets that Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman have seen combined. So like Watkins is still getting the volume. It, you know, it, it's going to swing back to him. He's going to have the big game soon here. I definitely think it could come this week. So I like Watkins. Love Tyler Lockett. I think he he's my favorite cash game play at 6,600 bucks. The Cardinals have allowed the second most fantasy points to slot receivers this season. Lockett has been in the slot for 61% of his snaps this year. The last guy I'll throw in for cash games, Cooper Cup at 7,000 bucks. I mean, his usage has been awesome. And, you know, we, we talked about it with Goff. We, we like the spot for this Rams passing game on Sunday yeah I agree with that I I want some Watkins on the tournament side I think Lockett's in play on the tournament side I think Cup is a candidate over there I want some Rams wide receiver exposure here more than I want Jared Goff and Mm -hmm. you know it's always a little bit discomforting to pick one of the Rams receivers and you know leave the potential for another one to go off but you know Cooper Cup's certainly in play I think Brandon Cooks is also in play at 7300 bucks 12th in the league in average targeted air yards so far, according to NFL Next Gen Stats. He's six yards ahead of Robert Woods in that category. So 15 yards per target compared with nine mm-hmm. for Robert Woods. And he's nine yards ahead of Cooper Cup. So Brandon Cooks delivered a pretty big game last week. Eight catches for 112 against the Browns. Didn't score a touchdown, so it kept it from being this monster game that's going to draw tons of attention. And he's also one red zone target ahead of Robert Woods, which, you know, it's not a big number right now. We'll see where that goes. But Brandon Cooks actually beat Robert Woods in red zone targets last year. So it's not that's not necessarily an area where Robert Woods beats him either. Yeah, Cooks had massive home road splits last year too, which probably isn't surprising because we know Goff was much better at home. But he averaged like, I think it was like 96 yards per game at home last year, and he was about half that on the road. So Cooks maybe is the tournament play. But in cash games, tough for me to get away from Cooper Cup if we're talking Rams wide receivers just because he, again, has out-targeted the other two pretty easily and is the cheapest of of the three on on, uh, FanDuel. Yeah, I certainly think Cooper Cup's the top Rams wideout consideration regardless of format because of those reasons. And I don't think there's anything wrong with playing a couple of them. Yep. What you got for a tournament wideout? Yeah, Marquise Brown for me, I... I might just have him in every tournament lineup. I think this is a blow-up spot for him. You talked about the injuries to basically all of the Browns secondary. Marquise Brown hasn't, you know, he, he hasn't had a big game the past two weeks, but the usage has been really encouraging. He's played 70% of the snaps over the last two weeks. He's seen 22 targets, which is a 28% target share. And he has 372 air yards over the past two weeks, which trails only Keenan Allen, who, you know, we know has been putting up massive numbers. So I, I think it really it just all sets up for a big Brown game here. Yeah, and the missing secondary pieces, the likely missing secondary pieces, include both starting outside corners for Cleveland. So it it might be best for Marquise Brown out of any Ravens that are limp back this weekend. It almost makes too much sense. So, you know, it's probably not going to work out. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, though, that if we point back to it next week, it's not going to be like, why did I do this? It's like, oh, I tried that. It didn't work out for me. Yeah, exactly. I think on FanDuel, you can make a case for Brown in cash games just because he's so cheap. But I do think even even with the usage he's been getting, the floor is kind of low just because the type of receiver he is. Mm-hmm. 
and he's a rookie and you know, Lamar Jackson still has been inconsistent. Like, you know, he, he wasn't as good throwing the ball last week as he was the first two weeks. So I do think the floor is still a little low, but again, for tournaments, I think the upside is huge. Yeah. I mean, it's Deshaun Jackson. He's seeing more volume yep. than Deshaun Jackson gets a lot of time, but that's the profile. Yep. Over at tight end, Travis Kelsey leads our FanDuel dollars per point rankings among tight ends. Even at 7,600 bucks, he's $800 more in FanDuel salary than any other tight end on the main slate, and yet he still leads that category. And frankly, I don't have a problem with paying up for tight ends this week. Like I've said before, it's much easier to build a lineup. I was working on them before the show, and I could get a Lamar Jackson lineup with Travis Kelsey and still get a bunch of other guys that I like in there. So I I have no problem paying up for Travis Kelsey, Evan Ingram at 6,800 this week, especially because there's, there's really not a lot that I love in the middle to low range. Right. Yeah. I mean, the the elite tight ends make a lot more sense on FanDuel than DraftKings just based on the pricing. Like, I mean, on DK, Will Disley makes a lot more sense because he's about half the price as Travis Kelsey and even, you know, like Evan Ingram. But here it's only, you know, like a $2,000 difference. So I I do think Kelsey, if I can get to him, that's where I'm going to go. If not, you can save 800 bucks by going down to Evan Ingram. 900 bucks by going down to Darren Waller. You know, those guys at this point are just about as good target bets as uh, Travis Kelsey. So I think they make, they make sense with the discount. Yeah, I agree. I have those guys down too. I think Austin Hooper still makes sense at 6,400. The matchup's fine for him against Tennessee. uh, And we still don't know exactly what to make of that running game. We'll see. But the Tennessee, Tennessee's got a decent overall defense where I could see them making things tough for Atlanta running the ball and kind of forcing it to the air. I, I think Will Disley's in play at 5,400, but like you said, he's a lot more attractive over on DK than he is on FanDuel this week. Yeah, I mean, I think on FanDuel, especially if he's going to be popular in tournaments, it'll be a fade for me in tournaments. And again, in cash, I would only go down to Disley if like you need those savings because you love every other, every other spot in your lineup. Yeah, and I, I'm trying to particularly ignore ownership this week, but I think Will <laughs> Disley's a good example of where to fade in tournament because uh, I mean, yeah. could he go off at Absolutely, because the matchup's terrific, but he could also not, and you can fade him, still get a good tight end, and avoid the chance that he doesn't go off and takes down 20% of the field. Yeah, I mean, I think in tournaments, pretty easy pivot from Disley is just go down to TJ Hawkinson for 200 bucks less. He's been quiet the past two weeks, but he showed us that upside in week one. I, I still think he's an elite talent, and we like this Chiefs-Lions game to be a shootout, and the, the Chiefs have allowed the most catches to tight ends through three weeks. Yeah, and also in the same range, if you are wanting to keep it cheap at, at tight end, I mean, both Colts tight ends, 5,300, 5,200, Jack Doyle's the cheaper by 100. So it's not a, you know, not a huge difference. And it's an iffy situation. It would be tournament only because of the fact that they are both there. But T.Y. Hilton being out kind of throws a bunch of targets into the air to see who wants to grab them. All right, jumping over to Flex now. What do you like? We haven't really talked a ton about on Johnson, but I do think he's a good play. Not as strong a play on FanDuel as DraftKings, but 6500 bucks for on Johnson. You know, he, he got the usage we were hoping for last week, and I'm going to assume that continues. You know, we'll, we'll see. There, there's some risk that he's, you know, maybe not going to play as much on passing downs as we want. So on Johnson, 6500 bucks. I also think Leonard Fournette for 6400 I mean, I know it's ugly if you watch that game last Thursday night. I mean, you know, he, he had negative yardage on his first like 11 carries or whatever but uh, Fournette played 100% of the offensive snaps you know he, he's getting the passing game work so for 6400 bucks I think he, he makes sense just a, as a volume play yeah that was when he went nothing 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 69 yards right yep that was it <laughs> <laughs> what makes you like carry on Johnson significantly more on DraftKings than on FanDuel this week 
Uh, just the pricing. I still think he has pass catching upside. Like I'm curious to see in this game, assuming the Lions fall behind, you know, how they use carry on Johnson, but it wouldn't surprise me if he catches, you know, four or five balls against the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I certainly don't disagree with his upside. I, I think he has it in both places. He'd be tournament only for me just because I don't know what to make of their usage. And if they do fall behind early to Kansas City, I don't trust the Detroit coaches to stick with him. Yeah. So there's definite upside, though. And it, the matchup's great. 6.2 yards per carry allowed to running back so far for the Chiefs. So if they do stick with on Johnson, if he does finally produce, there's there's big game potential to the matchup. Yep, for sure. For flex, I'm looking in the same range that I mentioned at running back, $6,000 to $7,000. Lots of guys to mess around with there. I think Rex Burkett at 5600 especially on the tournament side, is in play. And mm-hmm. if I have the money left over, then I'll go ahead and try to get to Austin Eckler in this spot. I, you know, He has huge upside against Miami, which has allowed more touchdowns than any other team in the league. I don't feel the need to reach beyond him to get to Christian McCaffrey on FanDuel, where I only get half points for all of his receptions. We, we got to keep an eye on Justin Jackson, who was added to the injury report on mm-hmm. Thursday. I think it was a, a calf, maybe. You know, if he's inactive on Sunday, it's going to be tough to not use Austin Eckler just because, you know, I think the concern in this matchup, and it, and it sounds funny, you know, it's just it, it do the Chargers get out to such a big lead that they start using more Justin Jackson and not Austin Eckler. But if Jackson's out, I think Eckler's going to get, you know, the majority of the work. And in that case, I think he'd be a strong play even at that price tag. Yeah, I, I agree. That is the only concern that the Eckler gets Zeked the way that Tony yeah. Pollard got 13 carries in the touchdown last week. Exactly. But you now even then, Zeke went over 100 yards, so he could have easily had a huge game there. So yeah, it's it's a nice matchup. Yep. Over to defense, the Vikings at 4,000 bucks are pretty easily the most attractive option here to the point where it's tough for me to even bother considering others. The Bears scored 31 points on Monday night against Washington but they still have yet to reach 300 total yards in a game this year. They scored 19 total points over the first two games this season. And even in beating the Vikings twice last year, they turned the ball over three times in the first meeting. It's just a a bad offense who I think at best will get, you know, a few points from the Vikings defense. And there's the potential for for several turnovers in this game. Right. Yeah. Minnesota feels super safe. I am intrigued by the Rams at 4,300 and the Ravens at 4,200. Um, you know, the Rams, big home favorites. I think, you know, th- their D line versus the Bucks O line is a big mismatch. We know Jameis Winston is capable of turning it over multiple times. And then the Ravens at home against the Browns, who, you know, that offense is just a mess, especially the O line. So you could see a big sack total from the Ravens on Sunday. I agree with both of those as well. So that's going to do it for this week four edition of the FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Kevin's picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. Check out our full week four rankings, complete with FanDuel dollars per point projections, and mess around with the lineup builder tool. Try to win yourself some money this weekend. Check back Saturday morning. You can see who Jared and I are playing against each other in round four of the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShoutDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shaft saying thanks so much for swimming with us.